This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Hey, y'all. Hey, welcome back to Hills and Pantyhose with your girl, Donnie Dawn. And I am so excited that y'all have clicked your heels twice, ladies. And fellas, you have fixed your ties. Today, I am so extremely excited to have here my brother from another mother, this fashion curator himself, an innovative man, a man who knows that if you speak positivity into the universe, the universe will return it back to you 10 times the fold. None other than Ken Walker. What up, though? Oh, yes. <laughs> Bring all of the Detroit flavor in. Yes, yes. So tell the people about yourself before we tap in about our episode today. All right. Well, first, thank you for having me. Thank uh, so you. anybody that doesn't know me, I'm Ken Walker. I'm the founder and head designer of K Walker Collective, a high street clothing brand tailored for the audacious professional. I love it. Yes. How long have you been designing clothes? I've been designing clothes since I was 14. Shut up. Yeah, since I was 14. Did you go to a fashion school or anything? I didn't. I went to art school, though. Okay. Uh, Detroit School of Arts, Mm -hmm. downtown Detroit. I went there actually for music production. Okay. Um, But I was around a lot of creativity. A lot of, you know, a lot of my friends are artists. um, And Went to Michigan State for college, initially for pre-med. That okay. didn't work. <laughs> As we see. <laughs> and I got um. my degree in uh, <laughs> advertising, though. But I did take a trip to Italy in 2012. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to actually get to see how Ferragamo makes their shoes by hand and got to learn how a lot of Italian luxury brands are curated mm-hmm. and how they do their marketing. And that dream that I had when I was 14, it just kind of got you know, just pushed on me again. It came back. And yeah. Came back to America, and I was like, okay, I'm going to launch a clothing brand. And I named it K-Walker Attire at the time. And okay. when I graduated, I thought I would go to, you know, fashion school to get my master's. But, mm-hmm. you know, I got a career in marketing, and that did well, but it also helped me position my brand. And yes. then I just launched in 2018. So you're a triple threat because you have the fa- you have the music background, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Which you tie into your fashion. Absolutely. Which yep. then you have the marketing. Yeah. So then you have these three categories where some people cannot just straight across. Exactly. Make sure that it hits right. Yep. Wow. Now okay, I got a question. Now, how did you um get into like into the um you know, going to boarding school over in Italy for a kid, you know, for mm-hmm. anyone listening who wants to know how to take the proper classes, the proper courses, and right. then how to register. How did you go about it? So I went to Michigan State, okay. um, you know, very accredited institution, and they have they have one of the best study abroad programs. Okay. And I remember when I had switched my major to advertising and I was doing, you know, I wanted to go into marketing and I knew, I knew I wanted to work in fashion. And actually I told myself, I'm like, I'm going to be a marketing director, like H&M or Zara or something. Yeah. And I was working at Gap and Old Navy um, and Express at one point, but Gap had like this program that you could work in San Francisco in the marketing department. I was like, Oh, that can be the way I tie in fashion and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put my dream of launching my own clothing brand on, on hold. Cause I was like, I'm gonna just work for a big fashion house, yeah. be like a Mark Jacobs and break off and then develop my own brand. I was following Tom Ford at the time. I, mm-hmm. I know I saw how he broke away from Gucci when he was a creative director there. So I had a strategy, Okay, but it was really um, that study abroad program when I, I went to, I think, a study abroad fair that the college had, and I remember I saw it. The name of it was Made in Italy. 
you know, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay. Okay. You know, because that, you know, that prestige of made in Italy, it yes. means something. You know, it's a stamp of approval for exactly. quality. And when I went on that trip, you know, I learned marketing, like the psychology around luxury goods. Okay. And then it became so attainable for me because I, were, I talked about my dream with one of my professors and she said, why don't you just create your own brand? Like, why work for a gap? It, I like <laughs> you know? that person. And, you know, and I came back and I remember I wrote all of my ideas down. You know, and that's like my biggest advice to anybody when you have like the seed of an opportunity, mm-hmm. like just have an unfiltered session with yourself to just write an unsolicited amount of notes. You know, don't talk to people about it. And you will be surprised how many of those ideas come to fruition, yes. come to fruition years down the line. And I go back and I, you know, I get teary eyed rearing, you know, reading yes. these notes that I was writing in my dorm room mm-hmm. almost 10 years ago. Right. And now I have a brand that people know and love, you know, but, that, you know, the backwards K logo that was sketched love in my it. notebook. You love know. it. I had <laughs> on the um, satin pullover. Oh, black yeah. and white oh, yeah. yesterday. We love some and, satin. Oh, man. We what? Love my hair loves the satin. We love satin. Okay. <laughs> if, you couldn't tell me anything. I was like, I got on my big Chloe glasses. Yeah. The hair is flowing. I am feeling myself. And when I love your brand. Thank you. You are one of many brands local you know, that I love. And not even local because you're international. You know? We're going to claim it. we claiming it. And I love it. I love how the hoodies are thicker than North Face hoodies to me. Mm-hmm. I love the material i love the structure and definitely the backwards k which is a conversation piece right because people think um yesterday my cousin asked me so is this like a kardashian something line and i said no 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 (laughs) (laughs) this is k walker collective and she was like what's that and so i went through the whole resume of everything to you about you to her and she was she said to me i'm gonna have to support that young black man because I love it. She's like, and I've never seen anything classy mm. for satin. And she's like, and then it's unisex. She's like, because I can wear, you know what I'm yeah. saying, my man can wear it. And I said, I love it, right? Yeah. It's like you can just buy his and hers on purpose. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, tell her we got black satin <laughs> right now. You know, we got coach jackets. You can buy those online or at Detroit's New Black in downtown Detroit. Okay, because I got to get me Here one. Go. Yeah, I, I do need we, to get they one. They come in pink as well. We got two more colors coming for our summer. Well. I'll say, well, I might be the one waiting for the summer, there but I'm going to get the black and go. white now and the pink one too. However, um, I, I can't lie. I think I dang near got everything that is in your I, I love to see it. line sheet. I love to see it. <laughs> I got I got three hoodies. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So enough about what I have bought about from K Walker. You guys have to go out and get it for yourself, so you can you know chime in underneath my comments and let me know what you think about the clothes as well. So I want to talk about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're still in a pandemic when it comes to being a business owner? I think we're seeing the brighter side of coming out of the pandemic. Okay, I don't think we're completely out yet. All right. Um, I think. What happened to a lot of small businesses, because that's one thing we need to talk about, is that it negatively affected small businesses. Yes. Larger corporations, they're good. They're they're great. You know, but a a lot of us who who depended on events, Mm -hmm. pop-up shops, um, who were already struggling, like me, I sourced a lot of my products overseas. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was shut down. I had delays. I had things yeah. that were out of my control. Yeah. Um, versus a, a larger company that has resources in place and their own manufacturing plant where they can control different things. Right. Um, but I think we're seeing the brighter side of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, the vaccine is only a part of that, but I think 
people have found creative ways to engage with their consumers in a digital way, which which was which was always important to do. But now people see like, wow, I need to show up better yeah. on social. I need a digital experience. I need an omnichannel approach. Right. This can't just be a transaction that happens when they see me at a pop up shop. Like the experience that they have when they see my social posts, they go on my website, mm-hmm. when they see an influencer wearing it, when they go to a storefront that carries yes. my clothes, like all of these things should work in tandem together. Right. You know? So I'm think I think people are now learning how important it is that my brand can't show up in one place. No, it can't. And that's the important thing about it. Now, did you, um, during the pandemic, wh- how was your business, you know, affected by it? Uh, for me, it started, like I was saying, like the manufacturing. That was okay. the first, because I was, uh, so let's see, going back to <laughs> March of 2020. A whole year um, later. Yeah, you know, we can attest to that. We can, uh, we can say that that was, very a very uncertain time. We didn't know mm-hmm. what to expect, no. and I remember I w- I had just got um, my first retail partnership in a storefront, you mm-hmm. know, downtown, and I remember I was already putting together my summer collection, had it all laid out. Mm-hmm. I knew the day I was doing my shoots. Mm-hmm. I knew the day my manufacturing was going to be done. Um, who I was going to work with, like all the tactics were like on the table. Like you had all out. your shit together, and this yeah. happened, and the store closed. So, you know, my stuff wasn't being sold in the store after March. Um, my Three of my manufacturers were closed, um, you know, because they were their whole their whole shit was shut down because right. of the stuff. And then um, I had, you know, events I planned for the summer collection for 2020. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we can't we can't do no fashion show. We, oh, can't, we do can't do that. We can't go here. Everything had the wheel back. Literally. Couldn't shake hands. Yeah, you know. And it was it was just so it was like I was saying like it, everything was out of my control. You the know? best part for yeah. me, which was I'm being facetious when I say it. Yeah. This is that when you for me when I was planning to cancel things, mm-hmm. offices were closed. Yep. So the response time that I would get within 15 minutes turned into about 15 days. Wow. And that was frustrating for myself, right? Yeah. And then the other part was I didn't have a personal accountant for my business. Yep. And that's important. So now, like, so during the pandemic, after coming out of it, I learned this. I was like, okay, so all these small businesses, um, even if I'll speak for the fashion stylists too, mm-hmm. I always say make sure you have insurance for your company as well as now you need an accountant. So I just hired. That's number one. Yeah, you beyond tax, I hired them to be my accountant because they will be able to apply for those PP loans. Mm-hmm. Right. They know when they're coming out. They know the language, too. They know the language instead of you as a CEO starting off small business and as a creative, as a creative. Right. (laughs) Creative and and business sometimes are they struggle. It's a struggle. And it's a it's a struggle. Right. And then you talking. It's like your creative side. It's like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But one thing about creatives that I have learned across the board and maybe some could say they're different. We are kind of like some procrastinators when it comes to. I agree. When it comes to doing the creative side, it's like I work great under pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it's the business side and it's the deadlines, it's, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then when you finally click the link to apply for this grant, it's all of these freaking documents that you're like, what the right. heck is this? What is right, that? Right, right. So one time for my uh, Beyond Tax, uh, follow them, like them. And if you haven't done your taxes, go ahead and go to them. Brianna Williams is exceptional. Okay, and she has the best tax preparers in the city. Now, 
during the pandemic, uh, I was struggling personally with my mental health because I was lacking creativity and I felt like I was in a rut. Right. Yep. And I was there too. Cause for me, I was, uh, it's, it's so hard to articulate it. Cause I feel like I'm just coming out of it, but I was really struggling with imposter syndrome. Oh, what's that? Okay. I so people like don't that. understand that when imposter, uh, imposter syndrome and how I interpret it for myself is that when you have, a lot of eyes on you. Mm-hmm. People are looking at you for being a leader in your industry or whatever your expertise is. So at this time, during the pandemic, like it was the first time I got like organic press. There were articles written about me. I was on the news. I was featured in things that I had already always wanted to be featured in um, as a designer. You yeah. know, and so the eyes were on me. So, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, Ken is good. Okay. You know, Ken is is getting getting seen. He's profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting recognized. But Ken was going through depression. You know, okay. Ken was struggling with um, understanding um, who I am outside of my company. You know, um, I was juggling so many different things at this time. And then this pandemic happened and I had to deal with all of that at home. Mm. It was all on me. Like I couldn't I couldn't go out and go to a fashion show, go to an event. And I didn't feel like I had a creative outlet. So yes. some people because I'm introverted, too. So people felt like, oh, introverts, they thrive. And I'm like, no, no. because <laughs> an introvert, we like to retreat to silence. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. don't like to stay in silence. OK, I like to escape noise to be silent. <laughs> then the pandemic, it was just quiet all the time. You know, so I'm like. Nah. It was like creepy <laughs> like, quiet. It's like, okay, it's so nobody. Silence. It's dark. And you're like, I need light. I need sunlight, you know. And then yeah. it was just, uh, honestly, it just so many, so much pressure that I put on myself, mm-hmm. you know, as well. So, you know, I would, it was funny because I remember one day I did an interview that um, was recorded on Zoom. And I had a really rough morning. Okay. You know, a really rough morning. I was just like really struggling to like get on track. I had like all these things I was supposed to do that I didn't do the previous day. And I had, and now I, I know how women feel when y'all got to put on makeup and pucker up and yeah. smile, like, because I felt like that. I'm like, okay, can't get yourself together. You just cold, feel Cold water happy. on the face. Let me go, you know, let me go do this interview and seem all happy, like everything is good. So it's just, uh, that's imposter syndrome, you know, where yeah. you're, you know, you're realizing that I'm not good right now. So don't let me act perfect and like I am. So that Ooh. was, that's where the authenticity, you know, of me sharing that with people, um, and for, you know, the last two years, I've shared, you know, what I call my mental wealth journey. You did. Where I found, like, I need to invest in my mental health. I need to talk with a therapist. I need to find holistic ways to keep myself sane and happy. Mm-hmm. But also realize that there's a community of people that need to see people that look like them go through those journeys. And yes. spe- specifically black men. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of pillars in our community that are honoring that. You know, I, I talked to a lot of black women Y'all going to therapy. Yeah, we are. Y'all going. Y'all been going. Been know? going. And I, I have I had a session with my therapist yeah. last Friday. Virtually. I know it's, it's completely different due to the pandemic, but it's very important. Um if she helps me stay afloat, mm-hmm. um, especially during the time of the pandemic, because I you didn't know you was gaining weight. Yeah. Until you have to put on jeans. Until you put on jeans. Or because you know we was wearing sweatpants. Sweatpants. And K Walker hoodies. And K Walker hoodies. <laughs> and I was wearing leggings. Yep. Anything that had elastic in it, that was my friend, right? And I was not wearing heels. Mm. And all of these things that I was not doing. And then like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get dressed. Then when I got dressed, it was like, I'm really not feeling this. 
right? And then and then not the and not being sociable. Like I'm always go 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 go. So when we were able to start filming during the summer, that gave me such a ignite. It it really did like put fire on under me to make me be like, oh my gosh, I missed this. Like I'm reading the script. Um, you know what I'm saying? Creatively pinning together all of these different designs and looks for the actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then now we're on on the movie set and now I'm extremely excited. Yep. And I was like, maybe I should do a fashion show. So here I am talking to my therapist about how can I go about it where we won't be um, doing like being those. What do they call those? Those. um People, uh, those social events where they said that you were uh, affecting the community. What were they calling us? Well, not us, but they were saying, like, you're a super spreader. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be called or mm-hmm. categorized as Having a, one of those events where people are yeah, contracting the virus. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was just going to keep pushing it off, yeah. keep pushing it off, keep pushing it off. But at the same time, I was losing myself because mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I trying to please the, you know what I'm saying, the world? Right. And the universe is telling me, do the show, do Absolutely. the show, do the show. Yep. So I know for me, the way that I stayed and got out of that dark place was speaking with my therapist and then just contacting, you know, designers like yourself to be featured in the virtual fashion show. And everybody that was on. Which was incredible, by the way. Thank you. Did that. Thank you. And everybody who was on the set and like from the designers as well as the models and just social distancing the time slots for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody that was there was just like, yo, this was amazing. I needed this. Models were saying like, I really needed this. Like I'm ready to do a photo shoot. It was just inspiring across the board because everybody there was creative. And we was all just. Yeah. And that's what I, I had that conversation with a few creatives too. Like they were ready to work. You mm-hmm. know, I have photographer videographer friends that were like I can't wait to shoot you know yeah. what I, mean? I can't wait to get out the house and you know do something creative with my time and that was something that I I realized that you know we're all struggling in some mm-hmm. in some form and fashion you know yeah. and we're waiting for an opportunity to have a, a creative outlet you know and that's what I felt like I didn't have but I remember around June was a very happy time for me June was a very happy month for me in 2020 because I remember I'm that, trying to remember the month that of June. Month, what June I, was a great month for it me. It was a great month. Yeah. You know, but I remember June, I, I exercised. I ran on a river walk. I rode my bike. Um, I would, you know, be very intentional with my mornings. You know, I would meditate. Um, I would, you know, literally find ways to really just start my day on a positive note mm-hmm. with creativity as well. You know, I try to do my, I try to do the most designing in the morning. You know, okay. I think better in the morning. I take all my meetings in the morning. You know, yeah. I found all of these different ways to find purpose in the mm-hmm. day and setting the tone, you know, for how I wanted to go out. And I remember also that was the same month we did like a Juneteenth event at yes. Detroit's New Black, which yeah. was awesome. It was hot. And it was very hot that You could have fried an egg <laughs> on the sidewalk. It was so hot. But I remember it was so many people that were that could not wait to go to an event. Yeah, and I was they, so excited. But then you also had white folks that wanted to support black-owned business. Yes. So I'm like, oh, we eating too. So yeah, like we, they, <laughs> they want to come, you know. We was having a good time. Yeah, because, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're, we were also, we were in a racial pandemic too. You know, yeah, George George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, like all these things were happening at the same time. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry. Um, I'm so excited. So so that's why I cut you off. I hate when people say I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I really (laughs) am excited. So that's why I cut you off. So Breonna Taylor, we just did a march and we were right down the street. So I was adamant to walk over there and support you 
for that. You were, I, was, I remember that. I was like, but it's hot. I it mean, everything scary, yeah. on me felt like I should have lost at least all the 10 pounds that I gained. <laughs> you lost and it on June 19th. I, I lost it on June on 19th. June <laughs> I was like, because this has to come off. Yeah. Ooh, did you gain any weight during the pandemic? I did. I did. I'm working on it now. Because I <laughs> literally, I was like, oh, I'm so glad tomorrow I'll start going back I to the did. gym. You know, me too. You know, and I, um, I just... For me, I was I wasn't active as mm-hmm. I, I, I I'm a, I'm a very active person. I yeah. love walks, I love bike riding, I like all that stuff. But yeah. I was in such of a mental rut yeah. that I didn't allow myself to like just go work out. It's mm-hmm. the best reliever of stress, and so I was taking a lot in, you know, by being in being at home and just not allowing myself to just have an outlet creatively yeah. and actively. So now I'm in a better place. You know, I moved back downtown. I wasn't downtown during the pandemic. You know, I had just moved back out of the city. I was in the burbs for mm-hmm. about a year. And that was one of my first reasons for moving back. Downtown. I was like, I'm not creatively inspired. Mm. You know, I'm Cause not. I was just about to ask, yeah. how did you get out of that spot, that negative spot? I just had to leave. You okay. know, I had to put myself. I thought of when was I the most happiest okay. um, prior to this. And it was when I launched my brand in 2018, um, the community I've built. Here in Detroit, you know, the other designers, the other creatives that I've worked mm-hmm. with, um, other, you know, people that are just that, that are waiting to work with me, you know, waiting to collaborate or just mm-hmm. to rub shoulders with. They're all in the city, you know, and that was something I, I've, I've loved about my journey the most um, and really setting the standard for what Detroit fashion is, you know, and I want to be a pillar of that. And I've done so much in the last three years to get there. I'm yeah. sitting in rooms where. I'm the only black man in that room talking about the resources that we need to thrive, you know. So I'm I'm in a position to lead, and I you know, and I pray so intentionally about that to say, let me be a beacon, you know. Yeah. What I mean, let me be the light, you know. But I need to be in a space where I can express it the right way, yeah. You know, because the resources are out there, the connections that, are there, right. But if you're not in a space to utilize those resources mm-hmm. and take advantage of the opportunity yeah. to show up then you're just sitting on a resource. You got a library full of insight, yeah. but you're not executing and putting a strategy. But also, you know, the other side of me and my marketing background, I do strategy. I built strategy yes. for leading brands that people know and love. Mm-hmm. And then I struggle, it, I struggle with it with myself right. because I separated the two. And I was like, no, I need to marry the two because that same yeah, thinking, yes, it, has to, <laughs> it has to. And that's when you know you're operating in your purpose. You're yeah. operating in your gift. But also operating in your in your genius as well, because yeah. when we're when we tap into that, it's it's a it's, it's a, no stopping. It's an unstoppable place to be. Yeah, you know? and I've tapped into it before, but you know, life and all these distractions they come mm-hmm. to to deter you off that path. And that's when but, you know when you're being used properly by God, and you walking in your amen. purpose. That's when the devil gonna come and attack amen. you. You're, and you're you're you know you're more of a threat. You're yep. more of a threat, and you're more of a target. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know. The devil will never, he will never target anyone that's not valuable. Exactly. If you are more valuable when you're aligned with God, when you, and I told someone the other day, I said, unstoppable is the man who is in tune with the power that works within him. And it's, it's, it's something when you know it, like, oh, no matter what happened, God got me. Oh, that, I lost that, that opportunity didn't work. Something better has happened. It's a lesson to learn from And as long as you believe it. Man, it's a powerful thing. Because your mind, it's your mind. When you can tell yourself, like, no matter what happened, I'm good. Yeah. He gave me this vision. People going to come and go. Mm -hmm. Things not going to go my way. And then, but I got a vision. I got a goal. I'm getting to exactly. That's and, a that's an unstoppable place to be. And that's an unstoppable place. And that's an unstoppable person. And that's a person that's a threat. Also, the other thing too, um, as Pastor said before, 
Shout out to Pastor Ken Lock. He, um, our gifts are not meant to be shelved. If you are shelving your gifts, then you being selfish and you can't say that you're allowing yourself to be used by God. Yeah. Because God is not a selfish, selfish, uh, selfish person. He's a selfless person. And your and your and those are gifts. And those are gifts. Gifts are meant to, to meant to be given. <laughs> and when your hand is open yeah. all the time to give, then at the same time you're allowing yourself to do what receive. receive. Come receive. on now. You receive it. You receive more than. We could just get. end it today. Because whoever, if you're watching live right a, now, you good, just shh, listen. On, it's a good Sunday message. It's just a good Sunday message for sure. And at the same time, during this fasting process, and you're allowing uh, allowing yourself to be aligned with God. In that time, you are at your truest vulnerability. Yep. And that time is your time to see everything and take everything for what is what it is. It's true value. Whatever you see in people for who they are. Absolutely. You know, you got to accept them for who they are. Whatever is occurring with the business ties that you have and you're noticing that you're more passionate about something mm-hmm. on a project amongst the group of people who are at the table with you because you know you could sit at a table full of people but that that doesn't mean everybody was supposed to eat at that table yeah and that's where like I pray I pray about that though like Mm -hmm. I pray I remember the prayer that I made like 2017 I said God choose all of my friends amen you know remove anyone who's not my friend Mm -hmm. remove anyone who would who would be like a a wolf in sheep's clothing acting like they're my friend because I know when you're walking in purpose, it's a threat. People want to come, you know, be in your presence to mm-hmm. learn how you move so that they know what to hold against you. Mm-hmm. Um, come and on. I just I pray for that all the time. Like, just choose my friends, remove anything, anyone or anything that's mm-hmm. unlike you. You know, yeah. anything that could come in and destroy a vision or distract me. Yeah. Um, it has to be something we have to verbally say. And I started to notice, you know, yeah. there, you know, there's people that I can love from a distance. Yeah. I ain't got to talk to you every day. And but, now, you know, it's, it's, but when you know you, the energy you want around you mm-hmm. and the vibrations that you want to keep to get pushing forward, to be challenged, mm-hmm. you start to know, like, I don't need a big circle of friends. You don't. You need a very close knit and you good. You good. And that's one thing I know for me, you, cause the word friend and my mom used to tell me as a very kid. Very loosely used, yeah. Very loosely used. Mm-hmm. And then that means so much value to me. Yep. However, it might not mean that much value to someone else. And a best friend is a friend who brings out the best mm-hmm. in you. I love that. That's it. And you can be somebody's friend, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're your friend, right? So when I said a similar prayer myself, I told myself, if I, I ask God, allow me to have the confidence and the courtesy to let people know why I'm going my separate ways. Mm-hmm. Not to want a reaction from them, but just to let them know that we're moving in separate paths. And what you're reflecting is not what I want to be associated with, right? Because association brings a stimulation. It does. And I didn't want to be surrounded by people who... Was, you know, like, you know, they say birds of a feather flock together. It's true. And I didn't want those type of people to be in the midst of my conversation because sometimes people use whatever is valuable towards you to use as a weapon when you're not around. That's it. And that's where you got to be careful who you're telling your business to. You feel me? You got to be careful who you're confiding in yes. who you're venting to exactly you know, i'm like i'll be telling people get a therapist you're telling too much to people yeah you do you're telling it's stuff that they I'll, can't help you they're using that against shoot. you talk and to then, the therapist where their job is to tell you like wait hold on yeah let's unpack that let's right. go back let's, let's explain go back that. let's go to the root 
And then how did that make you feel? Exactly. And then what are you planning to do thus far? Yep. And then the therapist also, they're going to tell you, I can't talk about your friends and what they're yep. like and how that, because I'm not, they're not sitting in the couch. They're not sitting in the chair. They're Absolutely. not sitting on FaceTime with me. Only thing I can do is dissect you and help you figure out you yeah. so you can be a better you for yourself and the people around you and for the world. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you separate doing business with family and friends? I found it honestly easier than other people. Okay. Um, I when I when I launched my brand, like I because I, I knew so many people who struggled with that. Mm-hmm. So I learned from their mistakes. And one piece of advice I got was that your customers are not your friends and family. And I've lived. Come by on it. now. I lived by it. You Come know? on and, now. And when I <laughs> when I release something, I don't think about like what my cousin wear this, what my sister wear, but like Mm-mm. they're gonna support me because they love me, right? But my goal was never to go in business and to be profitable amongst my friends. Okay. I want to go international. I want the person in L.A. I want the person mm-hmm. in Miami and London and the, you know on all these different places to know K Walker Collective. Okay. So that's your first thing. Like live by the mantra that your friends and family they aren't your customer. Okay. But then also, you know, remember you're building a business, not a hobby. This isn't mm-hmm. a passion project. You know, this is something that you want to build to be profitable. Mm-hmm. You want this to make a living. You want this to use to provide opportunity for other talent and other people. You want this to open the doors for so much thing, so many, so much more than what you can see. Because you're building something bigger than yourself. And I think yeah. so many people forget that that they put they create something. And they're like, oh yeah, I, d- I have a brand and I do this. It's like, no, like that brand is bigger than you. So mm-hmm. how are you, what are you doing to get it to that level? Yeah. You know, and it's why a lot of founders, they sell they sell off their company and they have equity in it or they hire a CEO, a CMO. They hire a leadership team because they their mind wants to stay like, hey, I founded this company, but I know to make it grow, yes. I got to have a C-suite team that's going to help it go public. You know, okay. and this happens all the time, you know, mm-hmm. but I would say, you know, another thing I do is that, you know, gain Tell them, you know, you got to gain respect. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to respect, you know, not only your hustle, but they got to respect the vision. Mm -hmm. And they can't fuck with the vision. No. Excuse my language, but they have to realize (laughs) realize that they, you know, because I think when you, they respect it when you're like positioned as a business. um, Because it it could even be like small tactics like me, I have clothes. So like usually if I get clothes, people are like, oh, can I get that before I go out? I'm like, no. No. No, you get it when everybody else get it. You get it on the on the website. Here's where to order it. Because I've been trying to get a, a jacket <laughs> for two years now. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> but it's like you gotta, you know, it's a it's a level of respect that yes. someone has to have for you as a business, and you yeah. have to act and think like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you do, people will respect it. They'll look at you as the businessman or woman. Because you're, you know, the way you talk and the way you moving mm-hmm. is not showing like, oh, he ain't doing that for fun. He's serious, yeah. you know. And that was the way I, I came out the gate, you know what you I mean? Did. Like, it was like the fashion show, the website, you know, it was the uh, other events and activations. Like, I had a, a, a whole strategy in place when I came out the mm-hmm. gate. So you couldn't play with me, you know yeah. what I mean? And it wasn't, you know, none of that, I'm going to pay you later, this and that. Like, no, you can get it when you got the money. You yeah. know, it's not going to be... None of that going on because I, I, I got a company, you know what I mean? I got a, a return on my investment. I got You're a right. sales goal, a projection of me. And to your point, like having an accountant, you know, me, me, me and my accountant, we meet quarterly. Right. To look at the numbers. I have a number of hoodies I want sold <laughs> by a quarter, a number I want to reach. So the last thing I need is to be distracted, you know, by, you know, someone thinking like because we cool and we grew up together. Yeah. That they get some type of leeway. They get some type of deal. Nah. And so for me, I, okay, so my thing for fashion stylists is 
And I, I did a recent project, and the interviewer asked me, yeah. how do you become a fashion stylist? And I was I was struck by the question yeah. because I instantly answered, like, with true honesty. I told him, yep. I really don't know. And he was like, what do you mean you really don't know? I said, because you have fashion stylists who are professional and know that building a relationship and a partnership with the brand is important. Right. Meaning not only are you pulling the garments and returning them, but you should also invest in a brand. You should buy the items. You shouldn't expect someone to gift you something that they they created with what they created with a demo pack or anything of that nature. You shouldn't think like that. Mm -hmm. Even when you make it to doing the red carpet for the the Grammys or you're at Met Gala, you still should have the expectations that within the money that I have profit, I can go and purchase items from Kay Walker, Creo by Kekka. You can go to Gucci. You can go to Louis. You can go anywhere you want to go and buy these items because what you're doing now is building a rapport with the designer that they're like, oh, yeah, you know, such and such supports my brand from the beginning. They don't look for X, Y, Z. So whenever they come by, again, to purchase something at the store or at the boutique, I might, they might just throw you 20% off. They might 10% off. You might look in your bag and you might be like, dang, I didn't buy this. And then because you're honest and you say, hey, I didn't purchase this. This was in my bag. They'll let you know, hey, now that was a gift for me to you saying Mm -hmm. thank you. Amongst all the times while I've been a business, you have never looked for a handout. Mm -hmm. And I think some people think, oh, oh, you're a fashion stylist. So you just pulling clothes, you getting stuff for free. And then some New beginners of fashion stylists within this metropolitan area. You think that the vets don't hear stories from designers that we pull pieces oh, from? Hear the stories, we we hear the stories and we don't say names, but we just be like, dang, that's crazy. They took how many pieces and they haven't returned it? You need to return clothes because what Marv Neal. Latrice did for us opening doors for us to pull clothes. Yeah. And I, I'll put myself in there, Dawn Green and whomever else open these doors for us to pull clothes and then you don't turn around and you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't bring them back. Yep. That That's terrible. You're leaving a bad taste in yeah. people's, you know what I'm saying? Mouth. And, it, and it's tactic, tacky, you know, to, yeah. you know, to not, you know, handle that as a, as a business, you yeah. know, cause that's business too. And, I um I had I haven't had like trouble with stylists at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did get put on to like how to position what stylist I let pull my clothes. Right. Um, how to say you know, no to certain things that I feel like don't align with my brand. And right. that comes down to knowing your brand position, you know, mm-hmm. what type of products you have. Like, wow, do I want that person to wear my clothes? Like right. what I want, you know, does that really fit the image I have? You know, mm-hmm. so I so I, you know, I tell designers all the time, like, you know, you know, Build relationships with stylists, you know, yeah. but the right ones. You with know the right I mean? ones, yeah. And that's important. And I think it's a it's a win win for both parties. Like we, and for me, it's be it's beyond exposure. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, it's one thing because I I've, I've gotten exposure, so I see like okay. And that's another thing. Like exposure is great. That's yeah. amazing. But like, does it align with my brand? Is it getting? Is it gaining me traffic from a different audience yeah. or attention from them? Um, is is am I making connections with like buyers? Right. You know, am I meeting the right people to help elevate my brand? Exactly. And that was a 
a thing that I see a lot of uh, emerging designers, they struggle with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I struggled with it for two years and I was like, you know, how do I get in the, you know, the right people? You right. Know, how do I get on the right shows? You know, and I believe it was only your show and Deshaun Franklin shows I've ever done in Detroit. I won't do any other ones. Oh, well, thank you. We you know? appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and this is nothing against, and I know a lot of them probably listen to this podcast, but it's nothing against the other productions. It's just because I know the, the, the talent that y'all recruit. Mm-hmm. I know the type of show you have. I know the audience that you bring. Um, and I know what y'all about. Right. Other shows approach me and it's like, and their approach is all wrong. Mm-hmm. They DM me and don't email me. Oh, yeah. You know, they tell me, here, here's how much it costs without showing me the value of that number. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just so many things that I'm like, you already lost. Like yeah, nah. The presentation is all. It's, it's, all, it's key. Pitch it's me. All, yeah. You got to pitch me as a designer to me make to make an investment for mm-hmm. me to help to, for me to pay whatever your price is as a designer and, and what your fee is for me to invest in that. You need to really sell in like. What is your show? Right. You know, who comes to your show? What's the theme of your show this year? Where's the location? Right. You know, what you know, what do you provide? Do you provide the models? You know, yeah. all these different things are top of mind for someone like me. Other yeah. people they're like, oh yeah, I want my brain to be on that show, that show, that show, that right. show. And me, I'm like, nah, I'm I don't need to be everywhere. Well, see, when you're a fashion <laughs> stylist, you you gotta be everywhere, anywhere. Yeah. And it took a while for right. me to learn the word no. Mm-hmm. I would say three years into it, I was like, no, yeah. no, no. And recently I was asked to do something to style a rap artist. And I just knew at the point that where I'm at, it was just one of those things. Who's the artist? Google the artist. Yeah. YouTube, listen to the artist. Their music doesn't match me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Someone else it might be perfect for. But for this kid over here, yep. I kind of. And it's okay. Know, and it's, I kind of excelled yeah. from that. Yeah. So what I can do is I can refer you to all my fashion stylist Absolutely. friends. And send that information over to you. And based upon their likings, they can say yay. They can say nay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's completely up to them. And another thing that I noticed, too, uh, is that I want to – I'm so informative. Like, anybody could call me and be like, oh, Dawn, I got a question. And I'm not – once again, shelf my gifts. I can tell you everything because what's meant for me is is for me. It's not going to miss me. You know, and this – a few episodes ago – Lexi was here and we talked about it. Sometimes people say, oh, we have to quit the uh, crab barrel mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, this is that whatever. But have you ever sat there and thought that you are the crab? Mm-hmm. That's not reaching back in the barrel. Because you're over here like, okay, well, can't give them all the recipe, you know, information, all the right. ingredients. But why not? Every every community's doing it but us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But why not give them the ingredients? If you know you use a half a tablespoon yep. of pepper, mm-hmm. or you know that you can eye the pepper like a pinch, mm-hmm. why not tell the next person? Because as far as I know, as long as the student becomes better than the teacher, you, that means I did my you part. You succeeded. You know, One, I yeah. 100% succeeded, Absolutely. and that means that I'm going into another door yeah. that's going to allow me to have more opportunities. Exactly. So, yep. are you going to open a storefront? I am. I'm uh, working on it right now. You are? Look yep. at <laughs> yep. Working on it. As you see how I opened that opportunity? Because we need jobs uh, here in Michigan. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I'm working on a store. Um, the K Walker store is in progress. Okay. Uh, I w- went through Retail Bootcamp, which is a program through uh, Tech Town Detroit. Okay. They do it uh, every year, a cohort. Um, and really, you know, any brand can apply who is looking to have a brick and mortar space in the okay. city. Um, but it helps you position where that store is. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're adding to the community when you develop it. And I was challenged, you know, in the program because I had an idea, you know, okay. for so long about my vision for the store. But 
now I've grasped, you know, the strategy. So I'm really excited to. Now, how, how did you hear about this program? Uh, Tech Town. Mm-hmm. I know a few alums, like Mature, Daryl okay. and DeCoven. Um, yeah, I know nice. They, they went through it. Um, T. Capel, one of my closest friends, she went Love through her. it. Um, so, you know, I just, you know, that's another blessing. I mean, I'm in, I'm in a corner of a lot of great entrepreneurs, other people in my industry right. that, you know, I can talk to, you know, and we, mm-hmm. and we vent to each other. We work together. We collaborate um, behind the scenes. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. that y'all ain't seen we've been working on. Um, but then also just learning from uh, the steps that they took, you know, so I tell people like, you know, don't, don't keep that vision to yourself, you know, right. go talk to somebody who got a store. If you're trying to yeah. open a store, you know what I mean? Go ask them like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I don't know if I need a store your size, but something smaller, Right. but what are the steps to do it? You know, it's, it's just something that we, I think as black people, some of us have a hard time doing that because some people do come across unapproachable. Right. Um, but then also, you know, hey, go out on a limb. You know what I mean? Like I always, I, I'm a, I love to be a, a student at all yeah. times. You know, I'm never going to come to a position. Yeah. I'm always coachable, teachable. You can always give me constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about unsolicited advice, but you can give me, you can give yeah. me input. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unsolicited <laughs> advice. Uh, gets, but you, you know. gave me input, and yeah. I literally just took your advice and was like, okay, so we but changed if, the name on yeah, Instagram. But, but if I come to you and I'm like, hey, like, bro, I'm like, I'm thinking about opening a store. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to position it. I'm thinking of, like, different neighborhoods, and that person has a store. They may tell you, like, hey, well, you know, when we opened our store, it was nobody over here. So right. that's how we chose a neighborhood. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should look at a neighborhood where it's not a lot of stores or there's not a lot of – yeah. Like actual private label, like companies that have a store, you know, so mm-hmm. it just you um, I became resourceful in that regard. So that was something that I've always envisioned, you know, since I launched this company. Yeah. Um, I always knew I wanted to be um, in the neighborhood. You know, okay. I love downtown, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, my stuff is in store um, in Detroit and black, which is downtown. So I have a footprint there. Right. Um, but I wanted to be in the neighborhood. So, yeah. you know, Livernois, Seven Mile, you know, I, I was born and raised on Seven Mile. Like I love. I love my city. I love, I love and I love I'm where from it is. Seven miles, so I'm so <laughs> hype. Like all the listeners you know, know, I'm super clatchet over here. Yeah, so. and you know, I just, I really, I want that for the community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I could open a store downtown, but it's just like it's something about uh, some. I'm thinking about that 14 year old who was like me who walks down Livernois and like, yeah, and they see that K illuminated, and he's yes. like, that's a black man's company. Mm-hmm. You know, who was raised right over here in the street. Yeah. Who has a premium lifestyle brand, you know, and, and it's is giving back to the city. You know, I want to hire younger talent and I do it now with my internships from local colleges. But there's so much that I want to do you yeah. know, in the community. And I believe that you, and know, you will do the storefront is really going to be the start. I'm excited for you. you. I am so, so excited for you. I love it. I am just pleased and I am grateful to always be in your presence. And I. I think that the storefront is going to not only be your first, but it's going to be one of many. Come on now. You know, it's going to be one of many. One here. Oh, shoot. Why not have one down in Miami? Have one in L.A., one in New York. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then you can have it inside of an airport. Shoot. Come on. You know, because what we do not serve is a mediocre guy. Hey. Come hey. on. All right. That's it. So I just, I am so excited. Yeah. I don't know if it's the Stella Rose yeah. or what, but I am so happy. <laughs> Stella Rose will contribute to it, but it's all right. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it will literally, like, I'm already a hyper person. Yeah. So it does, like, ignite it mm-hmm. even more for me. I also, um, at this time, I just have to take a brief second to acknowledge my sister, uh, Tierra McGee. She's having a black owned business expo nice. today. Nice, nice. Very, very, very proud of her. Um, she has 
numerous businesses currently going on in Southfield. This is her first of many. And okay. just shout out to the little uh, sis over here stepping out, leap of faith, and going out. That's I know what supposed to do. Yeah, and I, I can't do. wait to go uh, and see it. So if everybody who's listening, follow her on McGee Images and just see um, what it does today, right? And then hopefully if you're local, you're able to be a part of the second annual too. So I had to say that because you talked about yeah. the – uh, storefront and I just had to shout her out something in me just told me to just acknowledge my little sis for that all right so this is my favorite part of the day I'm going on Facebook live now <laughs> this is okay so listen things I ain't got time for I get so excited about this because you know you can talk about politics you can talk about um you know serious things you can talk about joking yeah. things I'm mad that my Facebook had a little error but that's okay life is good um hold on one second everybody just bear with me um i don't know if you made a list or not i got stuff on the dome on the dome i got stuff on the dome so like <laughs> in some crazy times right now. oh my gosh okay so i don't okay so i do want to say this and i don't have no reason to judge okay but i will state this for right now one of the things i don't have time for is at the beginning of the pandemic, we were in a social pandemic, a racist pandemic. Yeah, we forget about that. We forget about mm-hmm. that, right? I turned on the news last night, and Asians are rallying due to the fact of injustice, right? They say in America has been good to them. However, you can't tell me you're not noticing the difference of their rallies. Oh, absolutely. Compared to... Yeah. Our rallies. I mean, look at what happened at the Capitol. Like, people can't forget about that. Like, I, you know, let's not ignore. You know what I mean? Like, And it's had, just one of those things that y'all it. Had, y'all had them storm the Capitol. Yeah. Putting their feet up on your desk, Nancy Pelosi. And y'all going to not ignore that nothing. And there was no extreme put, you know, in, in reaction to that compared to in a, just it, a couple months ago in the summertime when the Black Lives Matter marched out there and how it was just a mil- militia group's you know, all oh, in that area. So it's just like we can't keep it, that same energy, you know what I mean? Because it's it's just one of those yeah. things that literally like for us as African-Americans, black Americans, co- women of color, men of color, whatever you want to say, black and brown. When we look at that on the news, it triggers something yeah. in us. Like it's like, damn, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we still black. Mm-hmm. And no matter what occurs, that Jim Crow. Yeah. The way he wrote it is still effective. Because it's, it's systemic. You see? It's a word. I'm going to say that's a word that uh, a lot of my white colleagues, past colleagues, and people that I know, they hate to hear. But it, it is. Let's talk about systemic racism. And mm-hmm. people forget that systemic is something that doesn't die. It do- it's embedded in the culture and the history of our country. Yeah. People have been passing this down for years, generations. Yes. This is something that's taught. It's how our corporations are built now. Mm-hmm. It's the reason why we have to fight to get to get equality when it yeah. comes to even getting loans as yes. black people. It's why it's so hard for, you know, with housing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you don't have someone that uh, understands the housing market and how you may be charged, mm-hmm. you know, completely a complete different rate for a mortgage yeah. than your white counterpart, that you're making the same salary. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's so many things that systemically have been ingrained 
in our culture, in every industry, you know, in yeah. fashion as well. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. In fashion, it was something where um, the Council for Fashion Designers of America, the CFDA, that Anna Winter, Tom Ford, a lot of prominent Ralph Lauren, like mm-hmm. they all sit, they all sit on the board. They put out a, a statement in Vogue and said, like, you know, the fashion institution and all of the industry has not done right by black creators and black designers. Come on. And we know that, but we know it. They had to finally say it out you know, loud. What happened with George Floyd was a catalyst mm-hmm. for these conversations, and now more has been done. Yeah, we have a long way to go. A long way, and but I- there's systemic positions like systemic racism. It lives on within it. That's why, like for me as a designer, like I'm so intentional about how my art is showcased. Yeah, I choose my models. You do. I look at you know uh, body positivity, different shades of skin, like. I want to see your everyday man or woman mm-hmm. being modeled and, and, and seen, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I work with a lot of emerging designers because they go and they try to get into these agencies and they're told you're too short. Right. You're too dark. You're too right. overweight. Mm-hmm. You know, you're too small, you know. And that's something that we have to combat as business owners. Yes. It's why someone like Ariana is so successful because yes. she's tapping into the core issue and tension that's happening in all these industries. Yeah, and it makes them very uncomfortable as yeah, well. absolutely. Um. The other thing um, that I don't know if anyone watches this, but I hope y'all do, Snowfall. Let me tell y'all, <laughs> I don't have time for Leon ass. Do you Do you watch Snowfall? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, so let me tell you. Leon and Franklin was like the best of homies at the beginning of the season, right? Mm-hmm. So Snowfall is based upon the real Rick Ross story. Okay. Now, John Singleton took it, flipped the names, and did whatever mm-hmm. he did. Whatever. We know how John Singleton is. He a little weird with how he did business. God rest his soul. But, um, you know, they all the truths come out when people die. Yeah. Neither here nor there. So it talks about how the CIA smuggled mm-hmm. in the drugs into the black community in L.A., yeah. right, and how it brung the black community down, right? Yeah. And you know how the CIA get down, DEA, they discard all the paperwork yeah. and documents like that. However, Franklin started pushing the work throughout the city, you know what I'm saying, wow. of L.A., a.k.a. the real Rick Ross. So showing how the crack was made and all this other stuff. So he had his soldiers in play, mm-hmm. right? Leon was one of them. Long story short, current season, Leon kills one of the craziest gang members' uh, kids by accident in a drive-by. So now Franklin hides Leon, right? Mm-hmm. And what happened was this young dude, who I call Young Nip because he talked like uh, Nipsey, right? Mm-hmm. He called Franklin out on the last episode and was like, so let me get this right. Even when I thought it wasn't right to turn my man over, right. I had to do business correctly. So now I didn't agree with what you said, but you was always about your business. Right. Now you telling me you're not going to hand over Leon right. and he killed my niece. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those. I was like, Leon and you, Franklin, wasn't even cool right. when it went down because Leon wanted to do his own business his way and basically said, F you. I don't like Leon. I hate when I get tied into a TV series. So now when I see Leon in another movie, because I don't know his real name as mm-hmm. an actor, I probably won't even watch the movie. I know, right? Yeah. I ain't got time for it because the writers yeah. did real good. Yeah. I, and that's how you know it's good writing when it really gets you emotionally involved, involved. and mad. Like I think of uh, Power yeah. and how much we just hated Tyreek. And, like, we I just, still don't like him. I, I, I like how he's evolved <laughs> as a character, you know. But it was, 
I remember I'm like they need to off him in the next episode. Like I, it was just I was waiting for it to happen. I was waiting for him to just get <laughs> in jumped. season six, and then you know, but then I saw like wow, like this is a good storyline <laughs> because he's like literally his father and his mother. Like she trained him. Like people forget there was an episode where she said that like oh you wanna you wanna be a part of the game? Well at least let me show you. Yeah, show you the game. So it's just. But how emotionally involved we've gotten with the character, you know. Well, what I, mean? I still don't like Tyreek on Ghost Part Book Power yeah, Book. Power I, Book too, yeah. yeah, I still Tyreek is still one that I just be like, man, count your days, bro. <laughs> count your days. Okay, but that's, but that's good writing. That you <laughs> See, that's good writing. It is. It's real good writing. Okay, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. All right. So the other thing um, I don't have time for is that I literally binge watched the whole Aretha Franklin series. I don't even know if a new episode comes how out. Was it? Oh my gosh! Why did I have to Google her dad, C. L. Franklin? Oh yeah, and see where the uh, church is and if it's still withstanding, yeah, which yeah. it is, right? But they took this, and you know how um, some people tend churches and they they praise their pastor, yeah, instead of praising God, That's right? The problem, and they don't think like when the Kurt Franklin thing went mm-hmm. down. We'll talk about that next mm-hmm. because we ain't got time for that. But her dad liked to party on Saturday mm-hmm. and praise on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Took her on a tour because her mom died. I think I want to say her mom died around 10, 12 years old because mm-hmm. her mom wanted to leave her dad. Oh, wow. And she left him because he cheated on her so many times. And actually, the straw that broke the camel's back for her mom was that when they moved out from down south, he got a 12-year-old girl pregnant. And so it's the series is crazy. It so, shows all this in the series. All in the series, and so it's man. That's why they made it, and why the Jennifer Hudson movie was made. It was like let's tell the other side. Like let's tell this side, <laughs> and then you gotta wait until August to yeah. see. And I'm the gonna one, be the one that Aretha wanted y'all to see. <laughs> right, and we are gonna show y'all the one the family and the friends yeah. didn't mind not telling you about. But Aretha got pregnant at twelve. Okay. I don't know who the fathers were. I guess it ain't none of my damn business, right? Mm-hmm. But she got. Uh, pregnant on one of those uh, church tours that her and her dad was going on. And wow. so she got, it was like a party on a Saturday night or whatever. She was drinking. Who knows which man got her pregnant. Then she went out two years later and did another tour and got pregnant again. Wow. So she had two kids uh, by the time she was 12 and 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. And then um, she met another guy um, as she got older. You know what I'm saying? 19. I think she got had a kid with him. But she has a total of, like, what, four sons or so? Mm-hmm. But then she was, the way she wanted to have success, she would have traded in her own sister, which she did. Because, you know, she did the songs for Sparkle, the original Sparker, mm-hmm. Sparkle. She, I didn't have time for Aretha. She was she was shady. Wow. She was shady as heck. She, Wait, so what happened with the sister? Oh, she took this, uh, her sister, I think her name was Carol. Yeah, she wrote uh, my favorite song, Ain't No Way. Yeah. She, she wrote that. Who, her sister? Mm-hmm. Carol was originally supposed to have the soundtrack for Sparkle. Wow. Aretha called Curtis and was like, yo, I was busy when you originally called, but now I'm ready. So let me know when I can record. Her and her sister wasn't talking for a while. Damn. And I was like this. I'm like, oh, so anything to get on top, huh, Aretha? And I don't like people like that. I don't like. She the queen, though. She the queen. But I was like, dang, shady (laughs) boots. That's Detroit royalty. (laughs) She is. I put some respect on. Look, but I was like, yeah. yo, like, if that's how you got to be successful, queen. All- I mean, it's a, the music business is a very shady industry. Yeah. Um, from what I've observed in my 31 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of being, you know, 
being so you know ingrained within it as well like mm-hmm. i um i have like family you know that were in motown so mm-hmm. i just kind of i would always have my eye on like the industry and mm-hmm. so i would listen to interviews and you you hear how artists talk about like their record companies yeah you know how, why their album did sell mm-hmm. get their much promotion and then you see how other artists are positioned you know, yeah. so marketing me kind of sees like, oh, wow, like she's marketable because she's light skinned. But right. this dark skinned woman who has just as much talent, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, is not getting the same radio play. Exactly. Or, working with, or she's working with the same producers, but they're not giving her the same quality as the other artists. You yeah. know? So there's just so many, so many things that you observe in this industry, you know, that are wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? But you look at how successful you know, some artists and record labels have become. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to a interview that uh, Diddy did with his mentor. Okay. And he kind of alluded to, like, how he couldn't really be an executive and an artist at the same time. Mm, okay. And he struggled with it. And people, you know, he get that stigma of, like, nobody stays on Bad Boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then you think of, like, so many other artists that we know and love that have, that have had record labels, like a mm. Jay-Z. You know what I mean? You think of Rockefeller, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who else is still, like, out here, you know what I right. mean, from Rockefeller? Like, it's, it's legendary mm-hmm. what they did. But, you know, when the last time you bought a Beanie Seagull album, you know, Memphis Bleak, you know, the Young Guns, Cameron, you know, all of, like all these artists that he had the power to influence. But then look at what happened with Kanye. Kanye, yeah. Kanye is a creative genius, so he was like, "Oh, I, I'm y'all gonna open a door for me, but I know what I'm about to do right. with the opportunity." So those artists, they needed coaching. Kanye was like, "I know what I want. Like right. I know my vision. I want to be in. I want to be creative director for Louis Vuitton. Like I want. You know, he had the vision. So it's like you see, like you, Jay couldn't fuck with that, and that's the issue. Yeah. Like, and I think that's why they butted heads a lot. But also, I'm sure Kanye is probably his most his probably proudest signee. You know, mm-hmm. person he signed. But also think about how, you know, today's artists, like right now, any like artists from like a Detroit, you got to do the work. You got to go build your audience. You got to do a social media following. You got to work with producers. You got to do some type of songwriting. And that's how you really know if you yeah. you really, really want it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. like, you can put them songs on SoundCloud by yourself or you can do put them on Spotify. You can put them on Apple Music. Yeah. You can literally do it yourself and you mm-hmm. never know what might pop off out of all them songs. Yeah. And, you, and you saw, I see it with artists like LMA, like. LMA had mixtapes and Listen. Bo- and booed up was like on a mixtape. It was and Chris Brown was like, "Y'all heard this song, booed up. up, yeah." And then it blew up, you know, because yeah, so it just, was out for a while and then was. nobody know. And when it got on the radio, I was like, "Y'all just got Y'all help." Just heard <laughs> <laughs> I was all like, "Booed up," right. but any okay. Right. So, um, what I was gonna tell you too? The other thing, okay. So if you have Hulu, watch the Aretha Franklin uh, series. It's 50, 50 minutes each episode. Okay. And I think that's including the commercials. But even with the commercials, go grab you some popcorn water. Yeah. Come back because it's so good. It's it's so so good. And I haven't watched the the last episode, but just seeing uh, the relationship between her and her father, her and showing the what a family is. You know, what I'm saying you don't right. agree all the time with your parents, right. your sisters, and you might argue, and your brother, right? Mm-hmm. But the way I, I googled, I didn't know her daddy got killed. He was killed. In his house. He got shot. I didn't know that. Randomly. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, and Aretha was like, she was the shit. Like, every man wanted to be with Aretha Franklin. Wow. Pretty wow. ass. Okay? Wow. I can't doubt it. Sis was soulful. But I can't wait. It literally has me on my toes to see what they do with Jay Hudson. Wow. 
That's supposed to come out August. Well, you know, I, I think that um, it's kind of like when you think of like an unauthorized biography versus mm-hmm. like the artist, the one that they write. Um, an artist, they're always going to like, this is what I want people to know about my story. Mm-hmm. You know, and then also here's, you know, you have other people who write it, who mm-hmm. who historians who go, who go talk to some people yeah. and they get to know the real story. So a perfect example is like Billie Holiday. Okay, you first know. of all, I didn't like that 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 movie. You didn't like it? Oh my! They used the N word too much in that movie, and I was disgusted. That's how they used to say the N word. I don't care. Yeah. I was so pissed. No, I wanted they, so much more from that they movie. Said it in the forties, people forget. They used Over to, it. but it didn't was, have time for that for word. Me, I didn't know all of those layers to her as a woman. Or as an I artist. didn't know she. And I'm like, wait, that's how she. It's like she literally. You didn't see late Lady Sings the Blues with nah, Diana Ross. Mm-mm. Did it touch on that? Oh yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Epic movie. But like, I thought like Diana should have got an Oscar. I thought it wasn't like the this full story. I don't know if it was the full story. I'll have to ask my mom. Mm-hmm. However, I love that movie. It showed her abusing mm-hmm. alcohol. It showed her relationships with men too. It was a really, really good movie. Yeah. Love Lady Sings the Blues. Can't psh. Andre Day, like she She, she embodied that, that she, role though. She did it. Like I and I just and she was not being an actress, but she just she embodied her. Like yeah. she really like she said it took she almost lost her voice. Mm-hmm. Just trying to like sing. Emula, emulate and sing like her and Strange Fruit, that man. song. I heard that I played that song. I actually downloaded the yeah. essential songs yeah. on Apple Music for Billie Holiday. Yep. Strange Fruit, if you don't get goosies, you when, have to. I was literally like, yo, I'm getting this on vinyl. Yep. Even though I do love Nina Simone's version. <laughs> Because Nino Nino Simone is one of my favorites. We have a music head in here. I didn't hear that version, so we'll have to press play on that um, when I get in the car. Nina Nina Simone, man. I mean, she just, she brought, she she woke, because she sung it like decades later. Okay. But it was just like, her version of it just like, it gets you there. Okay. It it, it, it gets you, it it reminds you. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of what Billie Holiday Mm -hmm. did with it. Mm -hmm. But she wanted to remind y'all, like, this is still happening. That's kind of, and her version, that's when it came out. Like, this is post-civil rights movement. And people forget that Billie Holiday, before she died, everything she did was very integral before the civil rights movement started in the 1960s. Yes. So that song was infuriating white Mm -hmm. people, white culture. Like, we can't have her up here talking about lynching and how that's an issue. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's still, we still ain't got no signed uh, lynching law. In America now in 2021. They don't want to talk about that, though. They're not ready. All right, so then the other thing um, that I don't have time for, okay, this is my last one, then you're going to have to take over from this, Ken. All right, and I might have more after you say what you say. All right, the stimulus checks. (laughs) All right, so what I don't have time for is why are y'all so concerned about what people doing with their money? Uh, This is like uh, LLC Twitter. Okay. Okay. So I don't Tell have me what to you do with your money. And then the other thing is when people say, okay, well, the government ain't giving me, you know what I'm saying, $500,000. You can keep that $1,400, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell y'all something. All I know is whatever you receive, if it's $10 more than what you already have your in business. your pocket, you should be appreciative of whatever. You know what I'm saying? That's how I see it. Yeah. If, somebody's taking their money and they decide, hey, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to go ahead and take myself on a trip because due to this pandemic, I am stressed to knock out and I'm going to take the government money and I'm going to go on a trip. 
let them be. Hey, we we, we like a nice trip. Especially, we like, especially amid a pandemic. You, you know? know, like, what the heck? Why I went, not? I went to Mexico for uh, Christmas. You did. And I lived every moment through beautiful. your Insta story. I was, loved every moment. <laughs> I felt like I was there with you. <laughs> so, to. I don't like those people. Yeah. I, I guess from, I, when I even, I guess, I know for me, I don't like people who have their hand in other people's pockets. Like, yeah. oh, well, you know you got it. Right. Nah, you don't know what I got. You, you don't, don't know what I got. you don't know what the bills look like. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. No, so go ahead, Kay. What, what you ain't got time for? I'm listening. I don't have time for meaningless dating. Come on. Um, I'm no longer single, so I'm list- <laughs> I understand what you're but saying. You can, no you purpose. Can, you can sympathize with the issue that how hard it is to date in 2021. How hard and, is dating? In, in your 30s. How hard is it dating? We might as well just have a whole freaking episode, <laughs> bring you back it's, with like two other people because man. I'm not going to. In your 30s, in 2020, even like because the pandemic, so you couldn't go out. Yeah. Right. So you, you, you online, you know, you, you know, you probably talking with people that you probably met in mm-hmm. person and then now y'all finally like engaging y'all sliding in the DMs and all that or whatever. But because now it's like, hey, boo, I'm bored. What you doing? I'm bored. No. You know? And it's just like uh, for me. <laughs> I just think, uh, you know, it's it's okay, like, going through, you know, a get-to-know-you stage with anyone. You know, I think, right. I think a lot comes up in that stage of getting to know someone that you're interested in. Right. Um, a lot of truth comes out. Come on now. And things that you're like, wait, do I want to tolerate that they are still dealing with a break- breakup or they just broke up with someone five months ago? No, you don't want to deal with that. Uh, and then, But also, you start to hear in conversation are they really over it? You know what I mean? Are they are they still are they in a better yes. place? Or did it did it, did that breakup need to happen for them to realize who they who you know who they really are and what they really deserve? Well, you know what? Healthy uh conversations about their past. Like if they talk about yeah, their past in a healthy way, yeah. like, you know, I learned from this past relationship, XYZ, so forth and so forth, as well as I've learned more about myself and yeah. what I'm not willing to accept. Right. And I do believe in 2020 when we were all at home, yeah. the creativity of dating was so important because yeah. you had to FaceTime date, duo date. I did that. I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we love a FaceTime date. You know, uh, <laughs> duo date, uh, whatever you could Zoom date, whatever you could creatively think. We can of. video chat on every platform now. You know, you realize that? Yes, yeah. on like on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook even came up with dating for Facebook, which was crazy to me, yeah. right? Oh, I've been I use that lately, and it's weird. Oh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't do it anymore. I did it for one week. And I said, "This isn't. No, this ain't it." This no, yeah. this girl. Like I was like messaging her. You know how. When y'all, it's basically like Tinder. Like you, you know, they have to like you, then y'all connect, and then y'all a match. Yeah, right. So it was someone I knew. Like I, we followed each other <laughs> on social media, right? and I just kind of like had like a conversation. Like, and this yeah. is like last week, mm-hmm. and I was just like, you know, um, you know, hey, how you doing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, then she had just got back from uh, Florida. Okay. And she was like, but I didn't go to Miami. Laugh, laugh my ass off. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, no judgments here. Uh, did you go for? <laughs> did you go for spring break? And you and for me, I don't know if I read into things too deeper, but also, I'm good on energy. I'm a yeah. Pisces. I'm very very spiritual oh. person. Oh, like, Mr. Romance. Very intuitive. Like, yes, I feed off energy. Mm-hmm. And she was giving me like dry responses, Ugh. like with the period. You got a lot of personality, so and me too. See, see <laughs> so me, I'm like, wait, am I like, what am I doing to make her give me these right? You know? And she was just like, no, period. Um, my family has a house in Davenport. 
Um, so I went there. Period. Oh, okay. And you know, for a conversation, hey, you asked me a question, right? How did you spend spring break? You know, so dialogue. I just and it was just like a, it wasn't no dialogue, and you know, and I'm like, well, I'm like, you blew it. That's how that's me, and my personality. Yeah. Like I'd be like, dating is for me. It's like I'm selective. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's something where I'm like, oh, the vibe ain't it here. So yeah. let's not even waste each other time. Well, and thinking, you know, I'm, let's not even get let's ne- let me not even waste the energy because I'm feeling already here. It ain't and your stock value. I yeah. know recently. Um, what what's that? I don't do clubs. I love that. Um, on Instagram, that's my favorite one. Favorite I love page. it. And so, um, somebody asked a question on there. Like, am I wrong that? And I think it was even a spiritual word too. It was like an ongoing thing. Am I wrong as a man if I decide? that I don't want to date a woman who does not have kids, right? Because I don't have kids, right? conversation. All right, so, well, (laughs) tune in next week to uh, Hills and Pantyhose podcast. It's spicy, y'all. Okay, (laughs) so, and I believe that by you being a 31-year-old man without kids, your stock value goes... With my own business. With your own business. You know what I'm saying? And then... Oh, wait, I got my own house. Right up. Oh, and I have my own car. And then, oh, and then it's just back to again. Okay, so wait, you never been married before? No. Have you ever got close to being engaged? No. Like, and then it just goes up and up and up and up. And then when a woman asks you why you don't have any kids, you know that yo, you know that you have a golden seed right, right, right. that you don't want to place and plant inside mm. of anybody, right? And women who are like my age know that you don't want to have just anybody's child, yeah. right? Yeah. So what what's wrong when a man says he doesn't have any kids, and why do you get offended? I've I've had that as conver- a woman, yeah. you know, and it's it's one of those yeah. things that. You shouldn't be offended yeah. if a man who s- says to you, if you have three kids, three different baby daddies, and he has no kids, you shouldn't get upset. Yeah. I, I think a, a good, and the flip side of that is that a woman's value isn't diminished if she has kids either. No. You know, and I think that's what, that's a perception. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, damn, she got a kid. Yeah. Like, that's not a burden. It's just that it's something for you to think about if yeah. you want to pursue her. Yeah, exactly. She has a child. She has a, a, a someone's life who depends on her. Exactly. So if you date her, you're gonna you're gonna meet that child. You're gonna build a relationship with that child eventually. So are you ready for that? You know, exactly. are you in a place that if you build a connection with this woman, you fall in love with mm-hmm. her, her child is gonna fall in love Come with on you now. too. So if you know you get to a position where you don't you're not feeling her no more, you wanna break up. You not only thinking about her, you thinking about the child, child too. too. So because you're just, breaking up with both of them because they're a me, package deal. And for me personally, that's hard. Yeah. You know, for me to think like, wow, like I don't want to, I don't want to, because I love kids. You know, right. so I would hate to be in love with a woman at one point and then like we just, something happens and we're not on the same page anymore. And I'm like, damn, but I love her child. You know what I mean? I've been there, got that and t-shirt. And it's hard. Sir. It's you know? hard. It's hard. You know, and, I, and, I, and I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen like other men like that I know that go through that. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want that child to have a man come in their life. Yeah. Who's a, like a father figure and gets and, and goes away, especially yeah. in the black community. We don't need that, that anymore. Exactly. So it's, it's a lot to think about, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to have a preference like, oh, I don't want to date nobody with kids. Yeah. You know, and it's not to say your value is any lower. Exactly. Any diminished. It's just mm-hmm. that. But also, if you love her, you're going to let that child. So it's yeah. just. It's, it's, it's no a, half stepping. So me, a, I, I'm open. Deal. You know, I'm open to it. But it's like, do I pursue a woman with a child? No. Yeah. But hey, if I fall in love with a woman who has a child, okay. 
But know? yeah, if it's an instant attraction and then you find out like, yeah. oh, she has a child yeah. or she has children, it's still worth pursuing because it's like, well, dang, she has her shit together. You know what I'm saying? That's usually what happens. Y'all are better than men at getting y'all shit together when y'all have a child. That's a word. When single, <laughs> when I mean, I can attest to it. Like if I had, I cannot fucking imagine right now if I had a child, <laughs> I'd be like. I'd be asking myself, did I eat today? Like, <laughs> to imagine, like, somebody depending on me to eat. <laughs> like, like, I just, but women, y'all are, like, better at it because y'all are natural born nurturers. You know, right. God created y'all to be nurturers. You know what I mean? Y'all bring that out of a man, mm-hmm. you know. And for me, with a father, you know, he's supposed to show you how to love. He should show you what love is. Yeah, He should show you how to respect, you know. Yeah. He should build your confidence. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need both. Yeah. You know, so for me, I don't want to I don't want a baby mama. If I have a child, to your point, I have a golden seed. That's yeah. to my wife. Right. You know, but it's it's dudes that are OK. Like, oh, I got a baby mama. He's like, no. And the, with their intention, no, yeah. is to have a baby mama. Yeah, like, no, you That's got the problem. Like, I don't what I don't have time for yeah. uh, is when guys slide in your DM be like, damn, I just want you to have my baby. Whoa, uh, no, this escalated. I ain't, I ain't never said you that. You better not. I, I'm going to tell your mama. I'm going to tell your I mama. I do. I will say I have, <laughs> I've had two ex-girlfriends that we said if we didn't have a child by a certain age, we would have a child together. Okay. co-parent. Okay. Because we, we've. You know when we, that age comes, you think complete opposite. Okay. So like. My oh, it's own. happened. When I, it's happened. <laughs> I, I had an ex that had a baby. Oh, okay. And what a, she broke the deal. Okay, well that's cool. That's fine. So you got one more, right? That's still <laughs> she. She st- yeah, she's still okay. So like my old, um, my best friend, our male best friend. We said when we was twenty five and we wasn't married, we would get married and have kids. Oh right? wow, y'all said y'all gonna get married, right? And get married and have kids, right? Oh. We, when you're 12, you think 25 is crazy, like, right? Yeah, old. Got oh. twenty five. Neither one of us were married or whatever, and so. I was kicking it with somebody, and he was like, so what's up? You know, I'm like, uh, no. It's a no, sir. Not only is it a no, it's a hell no, because you know what else you did, bro? He's like, what I do? I was like, you slept with my sister. Yeah, there you go. They forget the uh, the details that aren't, that's not going to sit well with you. Yeah, that's peach people. I don't, we, right. don't, we don't keep it in a family heirloom. Keep on going. What else you ain't got time for? <laughs> so another thing is um, I want to talk about this is kind of to my entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, not curating an experience that's luxury, but you're calling yourself luxury. Mm. Um, and I kind of, and I want to speak kind of because I went through this stage too as a business owner. Like I felt like I have a luxury brand, luxury product, great, great, you know, quality. But I, I saw, I was like, I'm not a luxury brand. Not yet. Like, mm-hmm. cause I need to give a luxury experience. Yeah. So I just don't have time for people that, you know, want to create a great product, but think they can, they can give a, a, good, a terrible customer experience and then keep customers. Yeah. It's like, no, you need to wow me at every, every touch time. point. Yeah. I every. need to be happy when I make the transaction, the email every I moment. get. I need to be happy when I go to the store, when I'm in line, when I talk with you, when I leave, the follow-up, all of that. Yeah. You know? And you got people who literally like, oh, I, I'm focused on a transaction. Yeah. No. And it's like, no, like, how are you trying to keep customers, but Mm-mm. you want to have an old girl who don't like people to be in the front ringing people up? Like, tell her to go in the back. Go, st- do, go do the stock or something. Don't go talk. Go when put your I AirPods say, in and, try and do something. Don't go I turn around so quickly if I was to walk into Versace and no one speaks to me. Yeah, right. I'm out. It's a problem. And especially when you value customer experience. Exactly. I, I And I'm a people person, too. So it's yes. like, I really... 
I want when I walk into a store, any establishment, I want to feel like you see me. Yeah. And that you want my business. Exactly. Because when I hear, hey, how you doing today? Oh, hey, welcome to such and such. Oh, yeah. And me, I'm the person, like, especially when I go to like a clothing store mm-hmm. and I'm looking for something. I'm like, yeah, you know. I'm looking for a suit. It's my birthday next week. You know, this and I went to Express. It was closing at right. said. And this man went out of like out of his way mm-hmm. to give me five options. He's like, okay, what, what's your favorite color? What, what fabric are you looking for? And I went to another establishment. We closed at seven. You know, yeah. but you could have told me like, oh, we open up this time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Here's our website. And it was over you. They like, yeah, so go home because you know, I'm tired. But you don't know like the power of word of mouth. If mm-hmm. I have a bad experience there, you don't know who I know. Right. You don't know if I went on Twitter and I got 88 people that saw it. <laughs> and the moment that I tweeted it, that don't go here. This is the, you know, like people forget. You lost business now, yeah. buddy. So you have to be very cognizant at, as a business owner. But yeah. when I say luxury, I mean, just kind of like, I think. A lot of people want to be known as luxury brands because we, we, you know, us as black people, we love luxury. Oh, yeah. We, as we, soon as we hear we, Lux. We love, you know, we, we, like, love, yes. we love quality, some good fabric, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, but we want a luxury experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you go to a roof, Chris, you get a luxury experience. Yes. From the time that you make the reservation, the time you go to the table, the time they pour now your I'm wine. Hungry, thanks. You know, but you ain't going to get the same experience you get at Applebee's. No, you're not. So you know, so so don't don't give me roof crib price roof crib prices and give yeah. me Applebee's experience. Yeah, <laughs> it, it can't it can't work. That, that was way. a whole. <laughs> <laughs> it can't work that way. It's backwards, bro. Like I'm like, you want me to pay this for this shit? Like, no, nah, bro. Like, give me a luxury experience. Come on. Oh my gosh. Oh goodness. What else you ain't got time for? <laughs> Man, I think um, one last thing is. <sighs> <laughs> it's the face for me. It's the facial expression. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I don't know if you if you've been keeping up on it. What's old boy that uh had had his woman on live with him? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Derek Jackson. Oh my gosh. The best comment was, sis, you shouldn't look like the reason he was cheating. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, baby just dropped a baby. But you can't tell me. She had that bonnet on. And she ain't have on no bra. Her titties was touching her (laughs) hips. Oh, gosh. That's all I got to say. That just, come on. Like, don't don't go out like that. And then my thing is, okay, so I don't have time for that. And then how are y'all idolizing people on social media platforms and taking a word of advice? And then y'all see what happened with Derek Jackson. Yeah. Then y'all turn around, and then y'all on live talking to Kevin Samuels. And my thing is, why are y'all seeking the value out of words of other people who don't even know you? Yeah. Kevin Samuels talks about stock value, about men and women all the time, right? Yeah. This woman um, recently on the same day, Derek Jackson came out. And I'm glad you brought it up because I don't have time for Kevin Samuels' ass, okay? <laughs> because this young man looked like he in the corner pocket of the refrigerator. Uh, literally okay. <laughs> sitting there with magnets on the back of his freaking refrigerator looking like the mismatch of the alphabets. Oh, my God. With his hat on <laughs> and his glasses. Too many accessories, but that's probably because he ain't got a good head on his shoulders, hey. which we probably do know. Yeah, because I'm going off right now. Because <laughs> let me tell you, this little young lady talk about how I'm in a hair salon and these women are talking about how successful they are. And, um, you know, this woman is very successful. She owns her salon. Um, she owns uh several other businesses and she has several degrees and so forth and so forth. Yeah. Kevin Sanders, let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. Do she have any kids? No. 
Is she married? No. So what you're saying is she's successful by her business and her accolades. Right, 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 right. Oh, her stock value's not that high. I said. Damn, he said that? I said, what the fuck? Wait, he said that? He said that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So she's like, well, how can her stock value get high? She was like, she needs to have stock value all across the board, you know, oh, high. Shit. And I was like, sir, we all do know that the American dream is completely different for each individual person all of, all of us and this woman is just soaking it up like he's the gravy and she's the biscuit she's just taking it all in like so i need to get married and have kids because i mean i graduated from howard and i'm you know i have two businesses so now does he have like a a degree in he this? has nothing so he just has an opinion he just has an opinion. He don't have a degree. He has an opinion. As far as I know, at this point in my day, I don't even know why I'm following him. And I get a live yeah. notification. And my my old nosy Nancy ass press play yeah. and watch it. But I do not think he has a degree. And that's where I kind of like it's it's different if you're you're talking to people about the psychology around. Because that's what a counselor is supposed to do. Yeah. Co- counselors understand the psychology mm-hmm. around um, issues that people have. Yeah. And they listen to them to understand patterns. And that's like, well, that's what a therapist is. But if your if your sole position is to rip people apart, make them feel bad about who they are and the choices that they've made, you're not successful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come talk to you again because. But also, you have people who who succumb to that, mm-hmm. and they start to believe the rhetoric that mm-hmm. they're putting out there. So that's an issue, you know what I mean? Especially when you're talking to people about such something so vulnerable. Yeah, you know, like you should be you you should utilize the opportunity that you have that they're opening up to you. Say, okay, hey, let, let's 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 it's, unpack that, you know. So I, I mean, but also, then people they knew what they was getting into. Yeah, they knew exactly yeah, what they was getting into. They knew. They knew. Ooh, child. Yeah. Is there anything else you ain't got time for? That was that was it. That's all. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> okay, just let people know how they can find you on social media. <laughs> yeah, so y'all can uh, y'all can follow me at uh, at the Ken Walker Two Ends, um, but also my brand K Walker Collective at K Walker Co. All right. Thank you again for coming on and being our co-host again here at Hills and Pantyhose Podcast. And I do want to let everybody know that as you're unpacking your baggage, understand that every piece of garment that you take off and you're shedding is allowing you to grow into your new self. Mm. Okay. Come on. So I just want to say thank you again, ladies, for clicking your heels twice. Fellas, fixing your ties. And you know what? This Hills and Panty Hills podcast. That's your girl Donnie Dawn. Y'all have a great day.